But Daniel, it is a pleasure to have you, mate. How are you and how is your 2023 so far? So far, so good. I, I thought that I had everything I needed. And then I see your <laughs> name with a light on it. And I think I need my name in a light. Yeah. That reminds me of Dirk Diggler. <laughs> I have this name that I see. <laughs> is that how Dan Allen happened? I have this name and I'm embarrassed, but it's Dan Allen. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, well, you won up to me with uh, your background now. So I don't, you know, I I actually wrote a joke, and it goes like this. Do you know who hates name dropping? Who? My friend Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) So now, that's only funny because I don't generally, I mean, I've met Tom Hanks, but I don't know Tom (laughs) Hanks. But uh, I have to name drop. So Rob Zombie sends me a picture of one of these. And I'm like, fuck. And he goes, they only made one and it was on his tour and they would take pictures with people on the tour. Well, guess what? Guess what, sports fans? Dan Roebuck's son went to school with the guy whose company makes these. So I knew there's only two companies in the world that make them in the States anyway. And I called my buddy and I said, did you make Rob's thing? And he goes, we did. And I was like, could you make another one? <laughs> and he did. So I got the other one. Wow. And where does and, that usually live in the house? Oh, um, nice. There's so much to talk about. Uh, this, it was. it's a very good question. Dan, I'm afraid to say it usually lives <laughs> right over there because I don't know where the hell to put it. I don't know. <laughs> Not, as soon as you enter the home through the front door? You kind of see it right away. First, when you enter the home, Let's not, you know, Dan, we're not animals. You don't see that first. First, you see a wax Bela Lugosi Dracula. Then you see that. Oh, okay. I mean, do I you, you I mean, humble, if you, you know, is it, is it too much? I'm just asking. Is it, is it too much? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hello. Yeah. But we're here to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> While while we're it's on that, much. what is it what is it like to work with Rob Zombie? Because I know you were a fan of him before you worked with him, right? Yeah, I love the guy. I really yeah. do. He's 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 you're in my light count. Thank you. <laughs> um, look, the guys the guys everything any of us want to be. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, talented, successful, wealthy. His wife is hot. But she's my friend, so I never think of her that way. Um, and uh, and uh, you know, the, he's inventive. He's inventive. So yeah. I'm a director too, and you know, right? I do everything he does. He does it a lot more interestingly than I do, um, and he does it so beautifully. And uh, I just love working with creative forces. He's a creative force. Um, that's why I love working with him. I try to be a creative force, but the truth is I'm carrying about 120 more pounds around with me than he carries around. So I get tired by the end of the day. By the end of the day, he doesn't get tired. Oh, I think you're, well, selling, maybe your, he does. you're selling yourself short there. What is what is something like him? What has he got different that maybe other directors don't have? Is it just a raw talent that you can't really teach? 
Well, do you know what I think it is? Honestly, Dan, he's got an ability to, he used to be an art director. Uh, and, you know, I'm real, I'm real big because I've learned this in these films I make. I'm, I'm all about the depth of the set. And I want to know that the thing on the wall in the back in the corner isn't just a piece of paper. I want to know that if I'm in a, in a police station, I want to know what that piece of paper is because I don't know what, what the camera's going to see because I'm going to shoot it 30 times. So Rob is the kind of guy, I always use this example. He, he could, he'll be like, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And he'll go over and he'll get some paint from God knows where and he'll tweak a wall. And yeah, attention like, to detail. Yeah. That's something he, he has. When it came to the monsters, like, you had two of the biggest fans of the monsters in the world, him and me. Uh, and, uh, and so I knew that cause I was there, obviously I knew his take was unique to him, which is his, you know, people forget that's what directors get to do. Uh, but I also knew that it was completely in line with the show that we were making a, Pre story of completely in line. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it. And, and if you're listening to this and you're one of those people who just goes and every time somebody puts something up, you say the movie was shit or the movie was crap mm. movie. You're, you're, you're crap. I mean, you're just <laughs> a mm. person putting out hoop mm. unnecessary. It's waste. We don't need the commentary. On anything in life, by the way, not just the monsters. We don't need the commentary on anything. In the old days, you just didn't watch it, and that's all you got. But uh, and we we were reliant on, uh, you know, we were reliant on people who reviewed movies to tell us what was good or bad, and we didn't always agree with them. Um, but uh, um. You know, we worked really hard, and I think the movie's so much fun. And I was away from it for a few months. I'll be honest to you, Dan, and your your viewership. I got home from four months of working uh, on these other projects, and you know what? I thought I missed my friends, so I put on the monsters, and I watched Jeff and Sherry, and you know, was thinking of Rob. And what was that like watching it? I love I I love it. I I like actors like you know I never watch my work for that I say boo. <laughs> um <laughs> I never watch it. I I love yeah, that yeah. the they're, they're so busy. <laughs> they're so busy. Oh what with you know I got to bang the supermodel. And, You'd be shocked you know, how many people say that I watch their work, you know. Why? <laughs> You're going to tell me you have time to you know pick whatever cause is a cause that everybody gets on you have time to do that but you're not gonna you're not gonna just see out of curiosity if you landed that scene that you worked really hard on and and you know did they cut it because you were struggling with the so director. why do you think they say it then why do because you they're liars <laughs> well they are for a living aren't they Exactly. No, isn't that funny? It is. I don't. Uh, I don't really understand why they people act like uh, acting is so hard. Watch any politician. 
They lie. <laughs> and it, I don't yeah. care if it's your country or my country. They oh, yeah. lie. Oh, yeah. And and yeah. They're, they take from us and they live a life filled with private planes and luxury hotels. And all they got to do is just give up every time a little of their soul because they lie. Why? What kind of job is that? I wouldn't so how be, is it I wouldn't be fulfilled. Actors? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be Listen, Dan, it's, you know, like we have the, you know how you buy the newspaper for a quarter? Well, I don't yeah. know, do they still make newspapers? I give this example. This is a kind of thing that happened to me many times. I'd walk up to that, that machine in a city where I'm filming or something, and I'd take out my quarter, and the guy in front of me would be like, nah, nah, here, 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 just take one. And he'd give me the newspaper out of the, because he already had it open and you could take 10 if you wanted. And I'd say, Oh, thanks. Thanks. And I had to freaking stand there for 10 minutes till the guy got on a bus so that I could put a quarter in the machine and open and close it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not risking eternal damnation for <laughs> someone else's gracious help in filching the media companies that, are only lying to me anyway. Let's talk about something. What do you want? I, I'm in a mood, obviously. The, you and I postponed this, and now you're going to get what you did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what? Before I'm, we get into I mean, Star Wars, I want to know. Don't say I'm obsessed with it. I'm not. Uh, obsessed. <laughs> you, your house is decked with uh, memorabilia. What's the coolest oh, yeah, one? Is it that behind here. you? Oh, what's that? that? Cool I'm sorry, I wasn't. What's the coolest, attention. coolest um, memento you've got? Would you say? Well, I have some. People can go online and see. You know, I have a lot of good stuff. Um, I have wax figures. Yeah. I'm a collector. You know, I have my original Star Wars cards. Imagine how happy I was when they. Really? Would you, I have that right there. Hold on. How happy I was when they did this. Come on. How Original Star this? Wars cards. Oh, yeah, from when I was a kid, like wow. 40 years before you were born. <laughs> 1977, when the movie came out. I kind of wish I was alive to say, wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's a that's a pinch me moment. Very rare. There's not a lot of these kids. <laughs> not a lot. Of these. <laughs> they have some. <laughs> Talk to me about, um, before we get into Star Wars, where did your love of the business come from? Acting and performing and theatre and TV and movies, all that sort of stuff. Well, it was TV, honest to God. You know, it was simply TV. I, I love I love how they make TV the villain of everything. but and, and now it might be. TV's not what it was. I mean, shit. Mm. You know, we had in the halcyon days even before i was born you have like the honeymooners that's a great american uh sitcom in which jackie gleason art carney uh audrey meadows and and joyce randolph played two married couples who lived in poverty who um, i was a bus driver and it was a situational comedy in that everything took place generally in their apartment and it was funny, and there was no political agendizing. It was just funny. 
And so I grew up on that. I grew up on old movies. Initially pulled into it through the horror movies. Uh, so this this is even more ridiculous that I'm Count Dracula in a movie. Um, but uh, the horror movies grabbed me for whatever reason as a child. The makeup. And then... Well, you were, you were in Halloween. Sorry to cut you off. But for people that don't know, you're in Halloween. And everything. That's crazy to me. That's insane. One of the biggest. Not, not the not not John Carpenter's Halloween. Rob Zombie's Halloween. It, it doesn't matter either way. No, dude, I was killed by the same monster I saw in the movie in 1978. Yeah, I was killed by Michael Myers, and then another time, I was killed by the sphere in Phantasm. <laughs> like when you saw that, when you were like, maybe I was 17 or I was like, what? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. and then 25 years later, I was like, listen to me. I'm going to give you the greatest fear kill ever. Mr. Coscarelli. I was like, then tell me, where would you like the blood? Would you like it on this wall? Or would you like it on this wall? And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how do you master the, the death? seen on camera you you try to make it the best thing ever i was still did a tv show called criminal minds do they play that there yeah yeah they love criminal it criminal minds yeah yeah so on criminal minds dan one time they call me and they go you know some this happens a lot you know because i'm a, a, a notable actor of great depth anyway um, i agree i agree they they uh they they call, they go, you're going to be on Criminal Minds. Now, that's a big deal because that's a hard show to get on. It's very hard. Mm. And uh, I've heard that. You know, the pay's good and the residuals are good and, you know, network show and it's in the top 10. So I was like, oh, well, I must, I must be a very good actor that they want me to be on Criminal Minds. And then I went to the read through and I was like, I was a man. I was kidnapping little girls. I was impregnating them. Oh, the minute shit. They were old enough to have babies. And then I had other little girls. Oh, 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 no. A real bastard. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I'm on Criminal Minds. What the heck was your question? My question was, um, <clears throat> this how, do you master the, how do you master the death scene? Okay, that's thank you. So, um, so that's who I am. And then we're caught because it's criminal minds. And uh, my negotiation is I'll tell them where the other girls are hidden and they will starve to death because they're chained in a room. But I'll only tell them if they let me say goodbye to the girl they caught me with. So there's this moral dilemma. And, um, and so I do this goodbye scene. And then my wife is sitting next to the director and she said, the director's like, <laughs> and she comes over, she goes, Dan, oh, um, really nice, really nice, nice work. The way, and I, I realized I had been so sympathetic in my performance that I it forgot that I was a child molester. <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to be shot, you know, 14 <laughs> seconds later in the story? 
by one of the mothers in the hospital. So, so you, you uh, too much of a good I, guy. Yeah, I was, uh, and I, I said, wait, wait, I, you don't even have to say it. I said, I know exactly. I go earn the bullet. And she goes <laughs> earn the bullet. So I went uh, back in there and did it again and made it a little like, you know, you're so this whatever. Anyway, yeah. come around the corner, and how do you master the death scene? So yeah. for this, this was the first time on camera. Woman comes up, she shoots me. It's in you know one frame of film. Yeah. one frame not a film but one frame and um i gotta fall back and down and so i watched like you could see when they bring out lee harvey oswald and the guy shoots him and you could see his reaction to even being shot i mean they they've made ooh, there's this weird face he makes so i was all about getting that right looking the other way so that when she shot me it was the bullet that turned me toward her and then fall down. Well, then I'm down and it's one scene and you know, you're in trouble. We were sitting there and um, uh, they started building a crane. Do you make movies at all yourself? I, I know a lot about it. Yeah. I, I know. Right. I speak the lingo. Yeah. All right. So here's the lingo. The longer the crane, the longer the shot because mm. it has, more, uh, you know, the longer it is, the higher it can go. So I'm watching him build this, you know, eating my craft service, drinking my little Starbucks. And I say, uh, is that for me? She goes, yeah, last shot. So the, now I know once I'm on the ground, I'm going to have to lay there with yeah. my eyes open because that's really how you die for the entirety of that crane going up. So this was a simple question. I'm almost done with the answer. I laid there, people like on my thing and they're stepping next to my head you know trying to bring me back to life uh, and uh and the woman when we were doing the looping she goes you're I, she goes i i wish that i had you every week you saved us so much money we didn't have to replace any eye blinks on your face how the hell did you keep your eyes open for 24 seconds and i was like i, I you know <laughs> a very good actor um, when you say I saved money, how much money did I? You <laughs> said, "Oh God, I blinks." Jeez, usually we have four or five, two thousand a blink. You know, almost ten thousand bucks. And wow. I was like, "That's crazy." Let me give you my address. <laughs> like, but <laughs> give me half that. Yeah, where's the residuals? I could spend yeah. it. I give me half <laughs> that, and I could spend it on something important. <laughs> All right, I want to know, Daniel. Star Wars, how did it feel firstly to enter the canon of Star Wars and take me back to the first time you were in the theater watching the movie to eventually being in this franchise, you know, immortalized with this great character, Breeze. I love this. This is Jordan. You know, who Jordan Peterson is this I is sure like do. a 17 part question. Let me answer the let me answer the third part of your question first and the seventh part of your question second. I tend to do that, but I think you'll navigate it all right. Well, uh, let's let's go let's go in chronological order, <laughs> just just because I'm 60 and I don't know if I'll be alive at the end of the answer. So let's just do the best we can and hope for the best. Uh, if my eyes roll back in my head, count 24 seconds, then we have the shot and call 911. Um, uh, shoot. Okay. Uh, so, so, 
77 Star Wars opens. It's the same time I'm on a, we're in Canada, the week Star Wars opens. And uh, we're not only in Canada, we're in French Canada, Quebec. So we're in to Quebec. We're in Frenchy town yep. where people don't speak English. And I don't know why we're there. We're Americans. We speak English. Right? There's 10 million places to go in Canada where they don't make fun of you. But um, so it comes out that that time. And my dad is like, no, we're not going to go see a movie in French, you know, because that's how I would have seen it initially would have yeah, been a right. French dub. So the second we got home, we ran to the theater because we knew that I read a magazine called Famous Monsters of Filmland. I have everything else here. I'm surprised I don't I don't have a Famous Monsters here. I'm embarrassed by that. I usually like to prepare for my interviews. But I read this magazine. And so we knew about Star Wars. We knew Star Wars was coming. Was um, there hype around the movie, like in, in general? Well, if as as I recall, if you were my age, there was you knew what it was. Yeah, okay. It's a, it's a good question. You know, was it it was it an immediate phenomenon? It was. Mm. I remember the immediate phenomenon of Jaws as well. Like yeah. back then, there were only a movie would play in nine hundred or twelve hundred theaters. That's you know because there weren't multiplexes in nineteen seventy seven. Mm. If you got twelve hundred theaters, you had one out of three theaters across the country. Uh, yeah, right. Ten years later, it was three thousand theaters, but yeah. in nineteen. 77 you know there weren't that many theaters so when you waited in line to see a movie and i remember waiting in line for jaws and for star wars and for close encounters all of them i remember standing outside waiting to get in um so we knew it was something and word had gotten out i don't know through you know the kid whatever the kid thing was i would have been 13 almost 14 mm. uh, when it came out um so uh, I mean, it was 14. No, I would have been 14. It was just perfect. Mm. Just perfect. A perfect time and a perfect movie. And, you know, there are cliches now when you talk about it. Oh, the first time I saw that plane or the, you know, the starship go over. Um, you know, mm. we hadn't seen it. It's hard to imagine a time. Have you ever seen Logan's Run? Logan's Run. Uh don't think so. I I I would say to you just because you'll be like what the watch Logan's Run which was a movie shot concurrent to Star Wars. And No, I haven't seen it. Look, yeah, I have to put it in my list, yeah. When you look at the the John the special effects on Star Wars mm. and the special effects on Logan's Run you're going to go, what? How did they get it 100% wrong? And Star Wars got it 100% right. And I think the thing was, Star Wars went backwards. Uh, and we'll, we should talk about that at some point. Star Wars, like Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars used old-fashioned storytelling to tell uh, a story in... Um, chapters essentially yeah, yeah and and movie making had had gone away from that and when you see logan's ah, run there's nothing right. wrong with the there's nothing wrong with the movie 
other the acting's good the just the effects or what the effects are terrible Mm. and 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 it just doesn't it doesn't connect with you at all and it's about doesn't hold uh, up when when you turn 30 they you know they kill you so people at 29 years old run away uh Uh, because they don't want to be killed uh and uh i mean it's just you watch that and you watch star wars and star wars is engaging on every level and they you know they were ingenious by you know old-fashioned storytelling good villain good hero simple story lots of different things to look at Harrison Ford uh, was big as well, was he at that time? He was a hot no, star. No, no, not at he all. He wasn't. No, no. Okay. No, no, no. No, Star Wars put all three of them on the map. Wow. Carrie Fisher, I'll bet, was the one with the most Fred, yeah. experience. Only, you know, because uh, I think she did a lot of TV because of who her mom was. Harrison had been in, um, he had been in American Graffiti. And maybe one or two other bit bit parts. American Graffiti, he barely has any lines. Yeah, um, right. Uh, it, you know, but a, a a star, a star, a star of the future. Um, mm. It's like when we did when we did uh, River's Edge. Crispin Glover was the star because Back to the Future had already come out, and uh, so he was the he was a big star. No, that was, and that was the other thing, you know, you, they were, you, you didn't know who these people were. Uh, you did know who, you know, like, I'm, and I'm, I don't, it sounds like I'm making fun of Logan's run. I, I don't really mean that. No, I know no, that no. Everybody, everybody worked on it meant well, everybody, anybody who makes a movie, believe me, they pushed a boulder up a mountain. It's a miracle. It's very hard to, yeah. Get yeah. to even get it out. So, there. so it's not, I don't want to snot on their movie. I'm just saying comparatively. Yeah, you know George Lucas, and I think it was just the the phenomena of the moment and the lightning in a bottle and everything else. But you know, by all accounts, you watch any of that footage, you watch Kevin Burns' documentary. Lucas was had no idea what he was doing. He even said, like you mm-hmm. know, he didn't he didn't know how to talk to the actors. He didn't know, you know, he didn't. There was a lot that he didn't know. Um, and which is why on the second movie, he got, you know, Irvin Kersher and on the third movie, Ralph McQuarrie, you know, or did I say that right? Like he, uh, oh, Marquand, Ralph Marquand. He, uh, he got other directors mm-hmm. and then, and then he came back to it, you know, those 20 years later and, and those are hard to watch because there's, they're stilted. There's a lot of walking and talking and there's no, yeah. You know, do you think that would have but been better if someone else directed those those three? Well, yeah, maybe. Although, mm, like, I, I could see that he was he was spoiling to do it. Also, they spent all that time and money developing the technology. See, I know more about this than your common actor because I'm I live and breathe this stuff. Yeah, uh, and so he wanted. I'm confident he wanted to be the one to use the technology. Yeah. That's what it felt like, but it missed the, then it missed the heart of the story and that sort of thing along the way. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's unfortunate. Again, great actors. My God, you mm. have Lee, Liam Neeson. I mean, <laughs> there's you know you got there's the how did you take the guy who would eventually be in Taken, who would eventually kill seven people with the 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 tip of his of his pinky, 
How so, did that guy Tekken. become a bore in your Star Wars movie? There was one point that they kept cutting back to Liam Neeson. And I remember thinking, I was in the theater, I thought, I think that might be the cardboard standee from Toys R Us. <laughs> I don't I don't really think that's lean because they would oh, you know no. they would cut back, they'd be like, is it the force? <laughs> I know the scene you're talking about, actually. No, it's like you know uh, yeah, yeah, I remember it. So uh, so I, I I don't know. I mean they gave it to JJ Abrams. I thought um, you know, uh he, he did a good job, and then the other guys uh with the storytelling. I like JJ Abrams. Uh, Star Trek's better, actually. Yeah, but you're a bit biased, aren't you? Because you, because he, you were in Lost, which is crazy. Oh, Lost, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was. I look, he's a smart guy. I'm just saying, I like you know, like his Star Trek. That Star Trek to me, I agree. Is, yeah, is as good as anything could be. The casting, the 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 story, the momentum. Um, did they? I don't know what. What's your conjecture, Dan? I should interview you. I don't. No, want to no, put I my agree. My mouth. Well, I wanted to know what you thought of the last three films. So you like J.J. Abrams' one? What yeah. About, so I mean, what, can we talk? Are we talking honestly? Yeah, let's just talk honestly. Come on. Let's just talk honestly. I I thought Rogue One was the best movie. Same here. Of, there you all go. Of them. Yeah, same here. Yeah, clearly and, and, the best. And, yeah. You know, I have a theory on that. I've said it before. Do you want to? Do you you want to hear it for your listeners? Yeah, please. So, Star Wars took on this this thing that it, it was never intended to be, and I call you know bullshit. George Lucas went back and he talked about it, it was about Reagan and it was about this. Reagan wasn't even the president, like. He there was there's they go back and they put all of this, they yeah, superimpose I know. I know. and and what what did we see in the last three movies a superimposition of, of current modern world, standards, on a story that we wanted to be a storybook story, uh, why did the two coolest people in the universe why did they have to be divorced? Uh, why is there divorce? It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You're telling me someone in that galaxy was like, no, our culture, we don't divorce. We just stay married forever. And that's what we do. And sometimes you go to bed mad, but you know, you're you're supposed to take care of your family and be there for them so they don't turn into a dark lord. All right. But then now, see, I'm I am Jordan Peterson, you. I'm remembering your your question. So now uh here we are and one day I go to audition for a video game and this is exactly how it happened. And I'm saying, you know, for whatever reason, I know the reason, the reason I would say God is good and God needed to make sure that I did not screw it up. And he needed me to get into star Wars because that was his plan for me. From the time I watched the movie in 1977, he knew a secret that he didn't tell me that I would have watched those movies and dreamed if only I could be part of this someday. And so for no particular reason, this character that they put into this video game uh, audition that I had, uh, he, I, I read it and I thought, 
oh, you know, because I watched 2,000 movies. Five, every, you know, I'm watching movies. I knew archetypically, archetypically, this character was Ernie Borgnine. He was Ernie Borgnine. Just by reading it. Movies. Just by reading it. I knew that that's who this What are you saying? Are you kidding me? What? So for no reason. Now, what pisses me off is somewhere Stig said uh, it was John C. Riley and some other bullshit. No. I knew it was Ernie Borgnine. Whoever embedded the story embedded archetypically Ernie Borgnine into the story. That's who the guy was. Irascible. Gets a little match, but he's got a heart of gold. That's who yeah. he was. Yeah. So I go in and I audition, and Tom Keegan is the performance director. And I don't I think I've heard a bad him. word about him. No, the guy is Dan. He's <laughs> he's not uh, a great video game director. He's a great director. Yeah. He has his finger on the pulse of where exactly you are in the story. Everything. So there's Tom Keegan and cute little Tom Keegan. Says, good, damn, good, okay, fine, fine. Let's do it again. So that's good when you're an actor. Because when they go, fine, fine, uh, it means, eh, you know, we're still thinking about it. Yeah. But let's do it again means, ah, there was something they saw. So he goes to me, says to me, he doesn't go to me, he says to me, um, do it again. But you know how you're saying, I don't know what it is with you Templar Knights. You Templar Knights have this set of rules that I don't understand. He said, instead of the word Templar, say the word Jedi. And I was like, yes, okay. So I'm going to say, I'm not going to say Templar. I'm going to say, whoa, yeah. Then the lights flash, the, the light bulb goes off. Yeah. And they're smart. You know what? I, I'm sure Cameron, when they went after Cameron, he knew what he was auditioning for. And Deborah is such a professional. But someone had the wherewithal to think, <laughs> to tell this guy. Don't, this guy will blow it because they will know that in 1977, I was 13 years old. I was sitting in that theater waiting for my life to change. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so my sides, you know, the pages said Templar Knight. Um, all right. Oh, wow. So I'm like, sure. Jedi yeah. Knight. Yes, sir. So yeah, I wow. did it again. And I, but I was still this guy. And, uh, and when they said that they gave me the part, I remember like the woman who manages my career, I had the most brilliant ladies. She and her husband have been part of my life for 38 years. That's a wow. record and all. And she didn't understand. I, I was like, you're, you're this. Cause she said, I think they're going to give that thing to you, but they'll let us know. They'll let us know. They'll let us know. And I was like, look, because I'm your nor, normally I don't want I I normally I I've come to the conclusion that yeah as much as God loves me he he also loves Tom Wilson so when he put Tom Wilson in Back to the Future he didn't put me in Back to the Future I didn't audition but when yeah. if Tom Wilson came to audition for them you know so I'm not mad when other actors get jobs that doesn't bother me at all. Because I, I understand now we're all where we're supposed to be. But did you want this life. one a little extra, would you say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew, I mean, this one, I just wanted it to be me. So was it a little extra or was it? Um, I just wanted it to be me because I thought I could do a really good job. And when and I'd you, worked with Tom before. When you get that call saying you're in, what's the feeling? 
Um, so it's, it's a good question. And, 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 you know, I, overwhelmed with gratitude, certainly, but here's, here's a simple fact, Dan, I didn't know. I had no idea what you were getting point, into, what it was. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know what he looked like. I didn't know the depth of the story. I didn't know he was a guy who flies the spaceship. I didn't know any of that. So when we went for the first read and I, I seem to remember they maybe didn't even give us a script until we were in the room. Yeah. Um, and I saw the depth of the story and where I fit into it. Um, I was blown away. Because in many respects, you're you're the heart of both both um, both games, Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. You know. Well, and I think that's kind of where, like, if you think of a movie like, uh, like the Poseidon Adventure, that's oh, yeah. that. If you haven't seen it, that's who Ernie Borgnine is. Yeah, he's, he's it's he's the guy who's really saying because he's. They're, the genius screenwriter made sure there was a character in there who really said he didn't mask his feelings. Are you crazy? Preacher man! My wife Linda! Linda! Like, there was yeah. one guy who didn't, who wasn't like trying to convince everyone they were stronger or healthier. That's what everyone else did. He was the only guy who said the truth. So, I get to be that guy in Star Wars now. And there, we should give no spoilers away, but th there's great depth uh, in uh, Survivor. Uh, great opportunity for me to to really work and working. I'm not. I mean, Cameron is amazing. Deborah is amazing. Tina, amazing. Uh, our actor who played Bode. Uh, in in this in this moment, forgive me. Nashir, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nashir, am amazing, and uh, and we spent a lot of time together. Like, think of the absurdity of this, Dan. In my life, I I left this set <laughs> where I look like this. Yeah, look, I come right out of the thing. <laughs> I left this set. Yes, I stole my costume. I have the real one. And um, I left the set. Uh, I landed on a Saturday. And on Monday, I was on the set of Star Wars. Yeah, so I was on the Monster And my brother-in-law, who shoots movies uh, for, he, he, he DP'd one of my movies. I was on Monster Star Wars. And that son of a gun was shooting third camera on Indiana Jones 5. Wow. So we yeah. were, and we're, he's a little younger than me, but Crazy. we were all like, <laughs> you're all like kids in a candy store. Oh God. Yeah. What, God, can life be any better than that? Give so what breath. was, what was the motion capture, the performance capture experience like for you? Cause you had never done that, right? Or had you dabbled with that? No, with yeah, no, LA I had done a, I'm in a, no, I'm in a few games. I'm in LA Noir. Yeah. Uh, which was unique. Dead uh, Rising. Dead Rising 3. Was that performance that capture? Those games? Completely. Yeah. Ah, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. And but you've and done it before. The, yeah. And the the process of doing it is my God, it's it's so much easier every time. They didn't even put mm. dots on us this last time. Like no, they the removed technology. The dots. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me if the like think of this. If you could look at your phone 
and it knows it's you. Yeah. Then the technology, that same technology is mapping your face and the dots that used to, you know, the the dots, as I understand it, were connected to uh, specific features on, on the avatar. And that's, they were so the dots had to be exactly the same place every day. Uh, So the process of getting the show done is a little easier. Um, but still, you know, I'm I'm six. I'm a sturdy six foot. Well, six I know, and you're playing a short character. How does that work? You're not running Just, around your knees all, all day. No, no. <laughs> I mean, what's like the, these computers are so brilliant. So I I do have to wear pads under my arms. So my arms, I have to be able to not compress the bottom uh-huh. set of arms. And sometimes okay. we'll do a pass where I'm I'm working the bottom arms. And the, and then we do another pass, and I'm doing the top arms. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, so I spend a lot of time looking at the ceiling. I look over their head, and they're looking at two dots on my belly. Uh, they put two eyes on my belly, and then you know things like hugging, kissing. You know, like uh, obviously, you can't. You literally have a camera here wherever you go so you can't you know you can't really hug someone has to go left you go right that all has to be animated in the middle but i spend a lot of time and then you're working with great actors but you're and, not looking uh, them in the eye doesn't you're that, not looking them that in the eye it's tough but you've got to sell it like we rehearse it i think sometimes i would do one where we look each other in the eye and okay. we know because you know there's a point where if if I'm looking at Cal and Deborah's looking at Cal and he says something and we're going to like, you know, how you look at each other. I'd have to know to look at that line. I'd look above her head and I'd be like, you know, and she'd look at my belly. And so you still try to put it all together. It's a heck of a process. And, and there's so many, I wish that I, I could tell you, Aaron, like the people the guys that were there every day, writing, writing, superstars, writing, yeah, changing, like, and and you know, oh, that doesn't work. And Tom, oh my God, like, you know, you'd think it's Star Wars, it's Sancrosanct, you're not going to change any of it. Well, you do change it, just like you do in any movie, where you, you know you have a different, um, what would you like? Uh, you know, it, you just have I, more ground to cover or something than there are lines. Uh, and I'm oh, always trying okay. to get in. I'm always trying to get my ad libs in. And uh, I feel like it, you did in this game. I feel like there's did. definitely some lines that weren't written on the page. Did you did have you played it all? Have you gone? Yeah, I have. It? Yeah, yeah. So that in this one, you know, there's the moment again. We don't want to spoil. We're going through a thing, and Grease is ah, and then that that was brilliant. At least. And then when we're done, uh, at least nobody lost their cool. <laughs> Was that ad-libbed? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Well, say I want I kind of want to ask you about a few scenes. So everyone listening and watching, spoilers, if you haven't finished it, I just want to ask about a couple of scenes. So the the first scene where we see Grease in the game was him reuniting with Cal. Do you remember that scene in the in the oh, yeah. cantina? Yeah, that, that was, was the great. first. It, it was the first one we shot. 
Was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what's great about that scene is there's an unsung hero in that scene, a guy who's should be doing video games constantly, an actor named Chris Diamantopoulos. Uh bartender. And bartender. Yeah. Uh Oh, coming right up. And he sings that song that he made up on the spot. And then I had to learn it because I seen it later in the show. Um, <laughs> he's 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 an amazing actor. Uh, and we knew each other. Do, do, like if I say Mork and Mindy, do you know what that is? Robin no, Williams, what Mork is it? It was a Gary Marshall TV show in the 70s. I was very popular for three, four seasons here. Mork and Mindy and, and Robin Williams played Mork. And we did a movie about the making of Mork and Mindy and Chris Diamantopoulos played Robin Williams. And I played Gary Marshall, the guy who put the show on. And I would, this guy, this guy's inventiveness is unbelievable. He's a great, he's just a great guy and a great actor. So um, I love him to pieces. Anyway, he's the bartender. Uh, he's monk, yeah, uh, and uh, so that was great to have him there that first day. And he and puts then, a lot uh, of personality into that because it's a robot as well, but right. And it's... but don't and you know, he was moving it and singing the song and uh, just very, very good. So, and that was that was interesting to make that the first scene because when we did the read through, I was in Budapest. So I, I had worked all freaking day as grandpa. They took the makeup off. Then I went and did this read through for four hours of the game. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and um, uh, so I hadn't seen Cameron in person since the last game. So when we did the, hey, look, yeah, you know, that was all real. Oh, so there was a bit of natural element. To yeah. It. Yeah. Interesting. I do love that guy. You guys, uh, Dan, you know how how lucky the world is that he's playing Cal Kestis because he is so smart and so, and he plays the games right. So he knows. Yeah, he knows. He knows yeah. where we are in the game. He knows whether he knows where we're. I'd be like, huh? what? <laughs> what are yeah. we doing? You know, because again, and he takes six... it serious, doesn't he? Everyone tells me he he's really protective. I guess is that the word or? Yeah, I think no. so. But mm. think of what he's accomplishing here. He's he's, mm. you know, he's playing a character that, for your generation, is going to have equal footing with Skywalker with Luke. You know, he's going to have equal footing with. Uh, you know, all these characters that they're coming out with. But I don't, I, you know, I watch some of the other shows. Of course, I like to be in them. I like to be, what is that? Andor is the one that takes place right before Rogue One. Yeah, you want to be in that? Yeah. yeah. Ah. Why don't somebody put me in that? <laughs> Send this on to somebody. Well, we need Here, Grease. Just... Would, you, would you do Grease in a movie? No, no. <laughs> no, that would be, no. Yeah, you could. I never watch. I never watch my own movies. <laughs> I was hanging with Tom Hanks, and we were talking about that. Um, so oh, you're gonna, uh, gonna break me. Uh. Yeah, get, get, get. I want you 
they should put a camera on me when they come to me and say we're putting Grease in one of the movies. Because uh, there should yeah. be it should be a three-pronged thing. Somebody with the depends, and maybe my wife has to go to tomorrow when you wake up. I know you've never done this, but you should wear depends. And there should be like something for me to fall on. And you know, yeah, I'd be like, Oh, I have the vapors. Oh, um. You know, I I, I don't uh, want to keep I don't want to keep bringing it up, <laughs> but when when Rob Zombie called me and said, "Would you play Grandpa Munster?" I mean, I wept. I I almost drove into a tree. I was driving a car. Jesus. I said, "If you're if you're punking me, stop. I, you'll you'll hurt my heart at a level that it's hard for me to explain uh. to you." Uh, no, right. Why would I lie about that? Yeah. Or, another I scene I another scene I wanted to ask you about. It was a so sure. this is a bigger spoiler, guys. The it's when Deborah Wilson's character Sia. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about uh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, when she finally kisses Grease, it was a wonderful scene. We really went for it, didn't we? Oh God, the passion that woman has. I loved it. We pulled off our cameras and we just jumped on each other. <laughs> Ow! I great. You don't even know what I did with hand four. I'm sorry. What was your question? Oh uh, no! The that let's just say that you know that scene with her and that other guy. Yeah. Uh, and then Cal Cal comes to you guys and he's yeah. It's a very emotional scene. How did you yes. play that one? Well, we that thankfully came toward the end. Mm. I mean, they're smart with this stuff, how they divvy it out. Um, and because it was a very important scene in in the story, and I think in the Star Wars canon, it's a very, very important yeah. scene uh in the entire the entirety of the Skywalker saga. So um I, I'm you know, and and then it has repercussions. We're we're so talking around it, but unless you're have a third grade no, education. We, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, to think then what what will this process of making the game be like from this point on? And I I feel in my heart there'll be a third one. I don't yeah, I don't know same here. Star Wars comes in threes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I feel there will be a third one and and you know, can't wait to see. I hope, I hope if there is a third one that it's back to more of the first one. I hope that now that we've established this family unit, that the family unit now is what we have to do now is all family unit. Yeah. Do you think it, 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 he sort of went off a little bit in this one because he had other things to do and the family was sort of not as pivotal as the first game? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I Well, yeah. I think he had to grow up. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, even, you know, that's kind of a, a hero's journey, isn't it? Mm. Um, so, you know, I think he, he had to become the guy he is by the end of the game. Uh, and, and, do you know, uh, do you have kids, Dan? No, I don't. All right. So not yet, you know, they were, they were smart enough to, They were smart enough to adult him to a point where the end of the story was a viable situation. 
because there's many people who are thrown into fatherhood uh, early. And mm. it's not this different with girls because girls do mature more than faster than boys. That's that's a fact. I know it's not a fact. Anybody wants to pretend it's real, but it's real. So it's it's a fact. So boys, say a young man of 18 or 19, you know, if the girl's the same age, she's yeah know, i agree leap a uh, leap ahead of his mature and understanding so uh again i know we're talking about spoilers but if if you've played the whole game how we end our story requires that 100 castus would be an adult you had a few scenes with that that little girl i'm, I'm forgetting her oh, name sorry. now but yeah, uh, what's what what's it like working with children on a on a on a video game set? Well, I mean, it's in. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Kata was actually played by an adult playing a child. Oh, okay, okay, right. Uh, um, a small adult, but um, a terrific right. actress who uh, embodied embodied it. Um, you know, just yeah. like they could make me four foot tall. Uh, but they had an actress who was very shame on me for not having that name on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but she was no, lovely. Right. Yeah. She was lovely and she did a lovely job. Yeah. So quickly, just um, back to that other scene, the, were you emotional on like when you were shooting that? Very was, much so. Very yeah? much so. Very much so. Was there uh, a few tears around or was it? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it was all, it was all legit. Uh, yeah. You know, and there was that technical thing then where we we were moving through time quickly. So to make that effect, we really had to do it. Oh, so really? We were, it, yeah, it wasn't animated. It was moving back and forth and around and looking and talking. And um, yeah, I remember. I love that. Yeah, by the way, I love. I haven't seen that in a game, really. Yeah, ever. no, no. I think that again. I think these guys are leaps leaps and bounds ahead mm. in in an approach and in a uh uh m maturing of the gaming experience um they certainly based on what i've seen i don't i don't play the games i'm afraid but based on what i've seen they've certainly made the combat stuff that's like that's am i wrong isn't that raised up Oh, it's it's yeah, like it's incredible, big, yeah, incredible. You've got more ways to fight and more things to fight with, and I mean, it's ultimately, you know, I've got to remember it's ultimately a video game, but because I don't play video games, for me, it's the movie I made. Yeah, yeah, it's it's and almost you know, like a, a TV series or a film for you. Yeah, what would you say was the biggest thing you've taken from the experience so far? into your personal life or oh um do you know i'm i i wonder if it works the other way dan more that uh my personal life has uh, what i took in degrees for my personal life i'm a i'm a happy fella uh i'm not really curmudgeon uh but <laughs> i think as as i get older i do you know i do want to rectify confusion faster yeah. When you direct movies, people say they bring you, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! What is, what is, what? Why, why is that green? You said you wanted a green. I never talked about that. I said I wanted a green. Like that's how fast 
crap happens. And then you have someone repainting the green thing. Um, but now I'll, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know that I brought, I, I'm a happy person. And, and Tom Keegan knows me, right? He had worked with me before. So he, you know, he knows who I really am. And I think it's interesting. I think he cast all of us uh, very specifically that we're very much like our characters. I really do. I'm always joking. Cal's always serious. Deborah's always thinking in ethereal, uh, cosmic. It's so true. It's so terms. true. If, yeah. Have you interviewed Deborah? Yeah, she's amazing. She's a yeah. She's, she's amazing, amazing, and she's glorious yeah. and filled with love and joy. Yeah. You know, uh, she's seer. Yeah. You know, yeah, so right. I think I don't. I don't. I think it was good that I knew it was supposed to be. Ernie Borgnine, and by the way, I only refer to that because ultimately in that Art of Star Wars book, someone in there said, oh, yeah, we always knew Grease was Ernie Borgnine. So ah, cool. that's, you know, that's that little slice of magical, you know, they call it a God wink or proof of God, I call it, where two completely different sets of brains, you know, melded onto the same idea and, and but then it became the thing. But would you say it's more Daniel now? No, I think I'm still, I, you know, would, did I say I wasn't going to talk about this again? I mean, this is still Al Lewis in me. You know what I mean? The guy who played the part initially. Yeah. And and Grease will still always be with love and affection to, to a great actor like Ernie Borgnine, who I got to work with in my life and know. Oh, you did? Um, in what, yeah. what, what movie? It's a movie called Nightclub. I don't it ever came oh, out. Okay. Maybe his last movie. Mm. God, the guy was great. Oh my God. Joyful. I, I Joyful. is it true? I read somewhere that you uh, one of your big role models growing up was Andy Griffith. Is that right? Oh yes. yes. Yeah. I, I can yeah. see why. I can see why. <laughs> well, then yeah. he spent three years, you know. I I look back, dude. I you know. I'm not rich and uh, people say things to me that are funny. I got on a plane just yesterday, two days ago, and the guy was so nice, but he said, Oh, I know who you are. You used to star in movies. And I was like, I started a movie two minutes ago, you know, like <laughs> just yeah. starting in a movie last week. Um, yeah. So I, I hear a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, it doesn't, it just makes me laugh. Um, but what I have been given in my life, I, I don't, you know, if I were Tom Hanks, would I be as happy if I was never Grandpa Munster or never in Star Wars? Probably not. And I'm pretty happy. Exactly. Yeah. I'll give you a couple more. What would you say you loved about, what do you love about Grease? What, what's... What's the thing that keeps you coming back and love love to play him? Well, I love to play him because he's he's you know he, his curmudgeonly self uh is a character that that is like come on, let's go. We're going to do it. And that's you know that's I think that's me to some extent. Many people, not me, I'm not special, but 
I do often like I'm the guy saying, let's go, let's do it. Here we go. You know, you direct yeah. a movie, you're it's six o'clock in the morning and you know, the cameraman's got to go in the water. You go in the water first and you pretend that it's not terrible. You're like, come on in. <laughs> There's a famous story, by the way, of um, Victor, one of the guys who, you know, there's like three guys who directed King Vidor. Who are, there's three guys, Victor Fleming, three guys directed on Gone with the Wind and two of them also directed on Wizard of Oz because they were making the movie simultaneously and oh, they were, okay. they kept this guy's directing this sequence and this guy's directing it. And there's a, a famous story. Is it Victor Fleming? Maybe, uh, uh, maybe with Douglas Fairbanks. And he's like, all right, Doc, here's what you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to do it with the sword. And then you're going to jump that 12 foot down there, land on your feet. They're going to come around. And Douglas Fairbanks was like, darling, are you out of your mind? I'm not jumping. I'm going to break my leg. And uh, Victor Fleming, if he was a guy, was like, break your leg. You, pussy, sissy, whatever they called each other that we're not allowed to say. He goes, get out of the way. He walked up there and he said, you just you come it. like this and you jump. And there, see, it's not that hard. Come on, let's. And Fairbanks sees that he did it, uh, and he goes, he goes, all right, all right, darling, I'll do it, I'll do it. So he gets up, ching, 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 jump. Oh my God, I broke my leg. <laughs> and they bring in the ambulance. <laughs> they put him on. Uh, God damn you, you broke uh, my leg. They take him off the set, and the director goes, he goes, just tell those people to send another ambulance. <laughs> I broke my leg too. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's true. It's That's brilliant. fantastic. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so oh, I love going God. back and being being <laughs> being the being the guy who doesn't want to have fun, but he knows he's gonna have fun. And now yeah. he's got, you know, now he's he's in a kind of a grandfatherly role. Yeah. I'm bringing it up again. Um now that, I mean now he's in that role, right? Mm. Yeah. There's this is the thing, there's a lot to explore in a, in a I'm guessing it's gonna be a trilogy, you you would think, as you said, all, all these Star Wars properties tend to be three films. Well, I would hope I would hope you and your fans are willing to fund it. Uh <laughs> I, think, I don't think, I think, look, I think this game has sold very well. I don't think we need to worry about that. <laughs> I've heard millions well, right? and millions have played it already. They don't so. even tell, by the way, they don't tell the actors. And actors are like, oh, we don't get a piece of, of the game. I'm like, I'm in Star Wars. Do you think I give a shit? <laughs> I don't care. Go oh, strike, uh, strike. You're mad about money. I don't worry about money. I'm in Star Wars. So worrying about money is for earthlings. I live in a galaxy far, 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 far away. away. <laughs> hey, is there anything you wanted to say to the fans of your work or of uh, Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order? Is there anything you wanted to pass on to them? To the fans of my work, I'd like to say, Mom, thank you so much for being the only one. <laughs> You're always there for me. <laughs> What about um, the other millions? Uh, other millions? Oh, yeah. That would be nice. Um, look, actors, despite what they think, are no smarter, 
uh, than any of us. In fact, many of us, and this is a fact, only have a high school education. So friends, don't listen to actors when they tell you how to vote and how to think. They don't know anything. You went to college. These are idiots. Except maybe Jodie Foster. I think she went to Harvard. The rest <laughs> of us, not so bright. <laughs> so um, can I ask people, oh, I know you're... You're oh, so funny. Yeah, <laughs> what are you going to say? Yeah. Uh, do you, uh, your people watch you all over. Yeah. They look, we yeah. please look at what I'm doing. I'm making, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm making faith based family entertainment. They can go to a channel of peace.org. Maybe you could type that in the little, however yeah, yeah. you do it. A channel of peace.org. We have a movie out now called Lucky Louie that I wrote and directed with my daughter. And, um, I've got another movie called The Hail Mary coming out. And then the God is Good. You know, I directed, I'm a director for Hire 2. And I just, we just did a great movie, oh my God, called Tuesday's Flu with uh, Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead uh, and Jackie Earl Haley and um, John Grice, uh, you know, Uncle Rico. When you say faith-based movie for people that don't know, what does it entail? Is it is it well? It's not. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of movies where they're like Jesus, 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 Jesus. My movies are Hollywood entertainments in which the characters have a relationship with a higher power. Yeah, not even, and I'm, and you know, oh, it's not even I'm a fighting. specific thing. Yeah, no, it's in you know one the one we Lucky Louie the guy's a Protestant. In the Hail Mary, it takes place in an all-boys Catholic school. They're Catholic. If I find a Jewish story, it'll be Jewish, Muslim, Muslim. I don't care. You know, I I also don't believe that only a Muslim could tell a Muslim story and only a Jewish person could tell a Jewish person's story because I've told so many stories as an actor in my life, and I performed in all of them, and at no point did anybody think, I don't believe that this guy felt like I played a gay guy. Nobody thought I wasn't gay. Who cared? Nobody cared. They knew I was an actor. So mm. I'll make any story I want to make because I make it through a not-for-profit. Uh, but Tuesday's Flu is a is a is a a mob movie, and there's a lot of there's a lot of f words. I feel so. Are these available on your on your website? Is that right? Well, uh, they'll be available further. No, you can just learn about what we do, and maybe you're someone who likes the idea of what I do, and we always. Uh, take donations. And it really is a not-for-profit. I want to tell you, Dan, I've written, directed, and starred in, and produced three three movies so far that I did not take a dime. My family doesn't take a dime. We put the money into the community, into the post-production, into the actors. Uh, and and I love it that way. The problem with all the, the, the woke culture is it puts the, it subverts a higher power and puts self as the center of the story. And we're not here to be the center of the story. We're here to be supporting characters in each other's stories. None of us gets to be the star. So when one of us says, I demand this because you're going to hurt my feelings, I, I to that I just say, why don't, why don't you worry about me? Because I'm a supporting character. I have feelings too. And we're all working to try to make the world better. But when one of us wants to be the movie star, we the whole thing stops and and then people clash and fight and it's unnecessary because God is good. He loves us all and we love 
him and each other. And that's how it should be. And no one has to tell me how to love or who to love. I got it. I figured it out. I'm in. I'm on board. I love it. I love it. Um, is there any uh, advice you would give anyone in the creative field? I'll leave you with this question. Is there any advice that you would pass on? And not just acting, just anyone in general, creative or um, anything of that nature. Yeah, Dan, Stephen, I th- am I Stephen Pressfield? Hopefully I'm saying that right. There's a, a very smart person, smarter than me, wrote a book called, probably went to college, uh, wrote a book called The War on Art. And what he essentially talks about is that for every creative output or attempt to be creative, uh, there is a... Uh, Uh, a force for whatever reason that kind of works diametrically and opposes that creative force. Um, And I don't know, I don't know if it's the, you know, is it, if you're doing the thing, you know, you got to be like fully committed. So, so I would just say there's always a force working against us, uh, whether you're an artist or, uh, you know, the guy who cleans the floor at the high school, uh, you you know it's hard sometimes to to think do people really appreciate what I'm doing, and then ultimately I've I finally figured out in my in my heart that uh, if I appreciate what I'm doing, uh, that's good enough, and you know others may follow suit. So I'm done pleasing people, and I'm I'm here to serve people, and I like to be of service. When did you, sorry, I'm going to have to follow up. When did you get to that point in your life? How long ago did you say, did you turn that corner, would you say? I'll tell you, you know, I had a really interesting upbringing, great parents, great parents. Uh, But I I give a lot of credence to these sisters of St. Joseph, these nuns who uh, were kind of my guides through first through eighth grade. Not so much in high school because we, you know, we we weren't so reliant on the women in our lives, you know, to help us. And uh, man, these nuns really, really got me from the first grade on. So there was something about the power that they had to see, to see kind of the the artist I could be. Like I had nuns who, uh, you know, I'd have to, I would do play. I did so much theater and I'd say, sister, I, I, geez, I gotta, I gotta learn these lines. I gotta be off book tonight. And they'd say, Mr. Roebuck, you know, go to the infirmary, go down to see sister Loretta and essentially getting me out of class so that I could go learn my lines. Cause they looked at me, all of them. And they knew that what I had had nothing to do with, making sure numbers added up. Um, So I think I've always been faithful, but I'll tell you, I had a, you know, the truth is in my own life, I had a a near death experience 10 years ago that almost took me away. And uh, then my, my marriage uh, to my children's mother ended at the same, around the same time. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it made me, realize that whatever I do have left, because it was right at my 50th birthday, that whatever I do have left, you know, has to be good and honest and true and uh, helpful. Um, 
I, I, I do fall sometimes, for instance, uh, my former wife, who's still a friend because, you know, we parent two beautiful kids. She, <laughs> I bump into her one day where my daughter works. And I know, I know that she's dating uh, a pilot. And I know that she's very impressed by this. So I, I say, hey, I hear you got a new boyfriend. And she's like, yes. And I said, what does he do? And she goes, he's a pilot. And I said, oh, yeah, what does he fly? He flies airplanes. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Because I fly a spaceship in Star Wars. <laughs> so I, you know, I take my shot still when I can, because you know, the new wife gets to be married to the guy in Star Wars. The old wife gets to be divorced from the guy in Star Wars. Oh, mate, it's been a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you for giving up uh, over an hour of your time. We really appreciate it. Well, God bless you and all your followers and. You know, let's keep this thing alive and and happy, and let's just let's just attack it with joy. That's it, and the joy of life. And will you will you promise me you'll come back when the third game comes out in four or five years? Yes, as long <laughs> as we can talk about this <laughs> too. Of course, anytime, yeah. bro. Anytime. Hey, can I ask I'll you one more? Put this, yeah. Tell me, what would you like to know? <laughs> I was going to say, could I, um, is there any way Grease can talk to Dan to wrap this up? Is that possible? Can he say something to me? Yeah. Hey, uh, Grease, do me a favor. C come over here. I want, to, I want to talk to Dan. Yeah. Dan, listen to me. You got to fly that spaceship. Come on. You and Cal, you can do it. Fly the spaceship. Go anywhere you want to go because the galaxy is right ahead of us. <laughs>